Welcome to Cream, Eggs and Jam. A podcast for food nerds with show and tell by Elise Bullbrook and Scott Bagnell. We love to cook with cream, eggs and jam and learn from food people who give a damn. So join us each week for thoughts, tips and tricks with guests, recipes and more in the mix. Surprise! (laughs) (laughs) Yes, surprise. We're back. We're back. You thought that season one was over and we have thrown in a baker's dozen. It's episode 13. Don't be sad. I've had a few people message me this week going, they can't believe season one's over. Well, here you go. One last fix. Episode 13. We've got a very special episode planned for you mm-hmm, today. Mm-hmm. Encore, encore. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for joining us for episode 13. I am Elise Pulbrook and I'm coming to you from Wurundjeri country. And I'm Scott Bagnall and I'm coming to you from Yagara country. We acknowledge the traditional custodians of the land on which we record this podcast and give thanks and respect to elders past and present. So we have a special guest this week and can I tell you I'm so excited. I am too. More excited than normal. I'm nervous, Scotty. It's what have celebrity. we done? <laughs> um, I am more of a fan of Great British Bake Off than what I am of the whole MasterChef enterprise. Mm. That is my that is my confession moment. Um, MasterChef Australia is legendary, of course. It is a, a fantastic show, but Scotty, Great British Bake Off is hilarious. It is. One of the best reality programs that there is, in my view. <laughs> it is so funny. And I love Matt Lucas. I am oh. a huge fan of Little Britain. I have watched it for so long. I've got the DV set, DVD set of Little Britain. Um, well, it's so good. This is, this is why it's the perfect show for us. You've got the DVD mm. set of Little Britain. I've got the DVD set of The Mighty Boosh. <laughs> oh, my God. It's yeah. like this colliding of, of yeah. DVD sets. <laughs> and comedy heroes. No building. Yes. I mean, he's the moon, you know. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, only Mighty Boosh people will understand. Oh. Oh. I love the two judges as well. I think they're mm. quite lovely. So real. Like funny and real and nice. That they seem like genuinely thrilled to be there and like happy to be fed cake all day. <laughs> yes. So in the Great British Bake Off um format of the show, the main judges are Prue and Paul. Yes, so, and I love sh- Prue. Mm. I'm so <laughs> yes. obsessed. I love that um, when someone's made a cake and it has some booze, she's she's like, ooh, it's delightful, that um, amount of booze. <laughs> Eyes light up every time they, they say they've added booze. She's a cheeky nana. She's a cheeky <laughs> nana. Like, it, to give Australian listeners who aren't that familiar with Bake Off a bit of context, Prue is like Maggie Beer. And yes. in the Australian format, Maggie Beer is Maggie Beer, right? Yes. <laughs> She's the judge. And Paul Hollywood in the, the British format is Australia's like Matt Preston equivalent. I mean, sorry, not Matt Preston, Matt Moran. Do you know that Prue mm. is 82? Wow. What a lady. 82 years old. What a legend. I think that's incredible. I hope when I'm 82 I am judging a baking competition with such gusto and eloquence. (laughs) Oh, imagine. Yeah, we've got Mm. a lot to look forward to. Yeah, the dreams never die, Scotty. 82 is a long way away. Yeah. (laughs) 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 got got time to work towards the goal (laughs) yeah that's the goal put the ducks in order while you're young (laughs) 20 years ahead or whatever it is (laughs) 20 years (laughs) i'm not 60 (laughs) 
you a knife. <laughs> no, I know. Your mum only just turned 70. Jeez. <laughs> oh, yes. If you didn't know, Scotty made a ginger fluff for his mum's 70th, a three-tier ginger fluff. You need to jump onto his Instagram and check it out. It is the most epic-looking ginger fluff ever. Um <laughs> Where was, was my epic. piece of ginger fluff? <laughs> and, and how much was, was left over? Mm. Nothing was left over. We ate every single bit of it. There was take-home containers for people to um, have a ginger fluff experience at home. But this was ginger fluff mark two. So this was a new mm. invention. It took me a long time to get this right because mum really loves – traditionally we always make ginger fluff for birthdays, so I knew that I couldn't avoid that. But we make it every time, and this was her 70th birthday. So I thought, well, it needs to be special. So hence the three tiers. I've never done a three-tier ginger fluff before. And architecturally, that was challenging in itself. But then I Mm. thought, well, mum really likes carrot cake. And I was going to make a carrot cake, but then I thought, if I don't make a ginger fluff, there'll be disappointment. So I did a carrot and maple syrup pecan ginger fluff. Oh my god! It was Yum. so good. And you mentioned mm. architecturally, it was a challenge mm. to to stack three tiers of sponge. There are so many risks in that process. What did you do to safeguard yes. this cake from from squishing, from collapsing, from structural lack of integrity? What did you do? <laughs> I had a lot of. I started off with timber skewers sitting the tears on timber skewers but because the ginger fluff is so light and delicate what was happening is when i stuck stacked the next tier on top it was just like sliding sideways because the cake wasn't strong enough to hold up the timber down so i ended up having to get really big wide straws that had a bit more of a surface area and could stand up properly and have straws all through the cake so that it would not start teetering. Because the first time I stacked it, it just started like leaning and leaning. And I was Uh like, oh, my God. So I saw you took a photo of it at home. So you stacked it prior to transportation. Um, Now, I'm also a friend of your partner Andrews on Facebook and I saw that he had car troubles on the way there. So what on earth like we what happened? Did you you transported an assembled layered three tier cake and and also experienced pothole car <laughs> Struggles like Jesus. <laughs> can I can I tell you my life flashed before my eyes. We um, we were driving to so where we had my mum's birthday was on this beautiful winery, but it was up this windy track on a mountain, um, really narrow road winding around. And because we've had so much rain in Brisbane, the roads are stuffed. There's potholes everywhere, and we came around the corner at fair speed um not normal normal speed but you know it wasn't super slow we hit Mm. this pothole the whole car like bounced up over the top of it down into the ditch the tire blew and so then we were like trying to pull over i was having an absolute nightmare because i thought what are these cakes going to look like? Um, yeah. But thank goodness there was a lot of stacking involved. There were a lot of towels. There was ice packs. There was wow. the esky was like so tightly packed that wow. it survived and it was absolutely perfect. <laughs> no dents, no smudges. <gasps> Nothing. Nothing. God, you are very smart in how you pack cake. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, my God. Oh, my gosh. So speaking of terrifying. cake, terrifying moments involving cake, speaking of disasters, speaking of cakes lacking structural integrity, <laughs> um, for episode 13 of Cream, Eggs and Jam, we have a very, very special guest. She was a contestant on Great British Bake Off 2021. We will be speaking yes. to Freya Crocs. She was the vegan contestant. 
Mm. Um, who Noel Fielding uh, asked to say the word cappuccino about five times in one of the earlier episodes. <laughs> um, she is hilarious, very, very talented, and so um, someone that re- did really well at the Bake Off uh, showstopper challenges involving mm-hmm. cakes with, you know, dynamic shapes and structures. <laughs> Yes. I need some tips from her, I think, maybe in terms of stacking cakes. You have got me addicted to British Bake Off. I hadn't watched it until last week. Now I've, like, binge-watched the entire season and I'm obsessed. I can't wait to speak to Freya. Well, let's jump into the chat. Yes. Thank you so much for joining us, Freya. We are joined by the wonderful Freya Cox, who was a... Contestant on the Great British Bake Off 2021. Thank you for joining yeah, us. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited. <laughs> oh my god, I'm fangirling right now. <laughs> Freya, look, Scotty and I aren't, um, uh, I suppose, too foreign with reality TV. Um, but we had such a different experience from what I expect doing MasterChef because Great British Bake Off looks fun. It looks lighthearted. Um, what was the experience like for you? Yeah, to be fair. So, like, one of the most asked questions people say is, like, well, you're not so, so nervous going in. And it is, you know, it is, like, a serious concept, but, like, everybody's just having a laugh. Like, everybody is having a good time. I just really enjoyed it. And I always think the whole concept of the show is hilarious. So when people are like, well, you're not so nervous, it's like, well, I am just making a cake in a tent. Like, that is just ridiculous. Um, so everybody's like really friendly with each other um, and most of all people are just sort of like there to have a good time and really enjoy the experience so I don't think people I mean I didn't take take it massively seriously I just wanted to enjoy it um, so yeah it is it is very wholesome is it like family vibes I have been loving it Elise has got me hooked um, I hadn't started watching it Elise was like you have to watch this show and ever since I started episode one, I have just been binge watching it. I, I love it so much. Um, yeah, I think it's just super fun. And it, I, I, obviously it must be stressful with the, um, the competition and the pressure of it all. But I really like the lightheartedness. Of yeah, it. It, is, it is so lighthearted. Freya, I'm wondering, I'm a massive fan of Noel Fielding. And I'm wondering what it was like cooking in his presence. What is he like in real life? I honestly think Noel is one of the sweetest people I've ever met. He was so, so lovely. Him and Matt as well, though. I think, like, Matt just doesn't get enough credit. He was just so, so lovely. And I really think, like, the show wouldn't be that show without them. Um, They, like, really look out for people. They're, like, fully aware that it's a really, like, stressful situation. Um, and even after the show, they were, like, really supportive about things. And I think they are just, like, really funny people. And they just, like, yeah, hugely improve the show in general. Because I think you have to sort of have people who are coming around and making it lighthearted. Because then you sort of, like, you can't take things too seriously because the whole point is that you're joking around with them. Um, so, yeah, they're really good fun. Freya, you made a bit of a... Um a theme for yourself with your vegan baking and you have a cookbook that has just been released in the UK. What are some of the challenges that you faced in that competitive cooking show as a vegan baker? Yeah, so I do do think the whole thing in general, you know, obviously like nobody had like done the vegan thing before and it was like an added extra difficulty because the challenges already are crazy. You know, week two it was like make a toy out of biscuits like people just don't do those things anywhere um but I kind of I sort of like (laughs) I think I went in just with I never went in like oh I really want to win the show I kind of just went in I always watched it and I thought oh I don't know why people nobody's trying to do it vegan and I thought I just know it's like people we are um like as human beings really like impressionable and things I think I thought if I like went on there and baked a few vegan things people would maybe like oh be the next time I make a cake I'll make a vegan one and I thought yeah it would just be like such a nice step forward in the right direction so it was difficult but like I was always going to stand by my morals you know like week four and things with the pavlova I found it really hard to keep 
vegan one yes. up to the same standard as other people's. And people were like, oh, we're not just thinking, oh, I'll just use eggs. And I thought but that would just be a huge lack of uh, like respect on my part. You know, I can't stand there and say this is what I believe in and then mm. go back on myself. So I was never going to anyway, even if it ended up me. I think I cried over that challenge because it was such a disaster. But I, yeah, I really Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh no! You were so brave going on the show and sticking to your morals and cooking vegan, because like baking is hard. I um I'm slightly lactose intolerant, and so I try and bake without lactose, and it is so difficult. I end up just uh, just cooking with dairy and putting up with the consequences because there's so many things that are really difficult in terms of like different um particularly like you said pavlova um and all sorts of creams and icings and it is very hard to make things vegan i think you did really really well oh thank you yeah i really appreciate it i mean it is harder and i say this it's one of the things i think the hardest thing i say this a lot in food festivals because when i do demos people ask I think the hardest thing is just people don't know where to start. It's not that the actual baking is so much more difficult to eat. It's just mm. people like, well, I don't know what to use instead of an egg. And that's why I was like really passionate about getting this book out there. And like, it's just my like book is the best thing I've ever done. I absolutely love it because I think it just, it is, it's called Simply Vegan Baking. It's clear that like things can be simple. Um, and I think as soon as people sort of like see that in a recipe, people might be like, oh, no, I will give it a try. And that's really what I, to show, like what I wanted to show on the show as well. I um, I actually had a, a crack at your um, vegan milk buns today. And look, here's what I've prepared earlier. Did you? Oh, that's so <laughs> exciting. This is... This is your vegan milk bun recipe and it came out so well. It was actually really easy to make and they're like so beautiful and brown. I only did half the recipe because the trouble with baking is when you're experimenting and stuff, making whole cakes, then you've got this whole cake left over. But yeah, I made these milk buns and they're so beautiful. They're filled with this hazelnut chocolate um, filling and they're so soft. They look amazing. They look so perfect. Oh, that is so exciting. I just, I love milk bread. That was one of my favorite recipes to do. And Paul was like, that's a really good milk bread. So you can't come. Was it? Yeah. <laughs> it is such a good milk bread. I'm so impressed how beautiful the texture and the color on the bun mm. is. It's just perfect. Oh, that makes me so happy. <laughs> There's a recipe like that in my book as well. <laughs> For listeners who haven't watched Bake Off, the milk bread recipe was during bread week, am I correct? Mm-hmm. Mm. Yes. Yes. So during bread week, you would have had to do your signature cook, a technical cook, and the showstopper. I'm wondering what kind of practice do you get for the challenges? If you've got... Mm. You know, in TV world, a week on bread, what does that actually look like in your filming schedule? Are we allowed to know? Yeah, so basically, I think my, it's, it is talked about, but I think people like forget that like we do know the signature and the showstopper beforehand. A lot of the time, like people, I guess just people that watch TV and it's maybe not that clear are like, oh, I thought you just didn't know. And it's like, no, no, we can't come up with this five-hour challenge in 10 minutes. So, like, we do get told them before, but not that long before. I think we got, like, the challenges maybe, like, six weeks before or something. Um, I can't fully remember, but I'd before I applied for Bake Off, I'd never made bread before because I just... I only really, I loved making cakes for people, but that's all I'd really done. Um, so I had to sort of, like, I just learned to do it when I was applying. And then Bread Week was actually, like, probably my favourite week. It's my favourite episode. I think it's a really funny episode. And that focaccia that I made in the um, signature, I make all the time. Um, like, people that love it. It was, like, a fajita focaccia. Um, I just think it's, like, the best bread. Yes. Yeah, it's so, so good. I love it. I always make it for people. Uh, my boyfriend really loves it. It's really sweet. Oh, it looked really delicious. There's some crazy challenges. And I think with some of the challenges, like you're making massive cakes. Like some of them are you have to make a two or three tier cake. I was watching um, last night um, 
Jürgen was making a cake. I think it was actually the um, like bake free week, which would have been perfect for you where there was a challenge and it had to be gluten free and vegan and different sorts of free. But Jürgen made this massive three tier cake, which he said it was going to serve 80 people. <laughs> what happens with all the leftovers? I mean, these make me laugh though, right? Because they say like these servings of like 80 people and I'm like, no, I'm like three tier cake serving 10 more. So like I'm from Yorkshire. We do like massive. <laughs> like in my book when I was shooting all the pictures, like I make these um, brookies, which is like a cookie and then a brownie on the top. And to be fair, they are big and they were like, are you sure that's for one person? I was like, mate, I could eat two of these. Like that is right. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah the leftovers so like all the producers and everyone eats it there's never anything left over um yeah everything does get eaten oh i love it <laughs> i love it that's so good i love that you get the opportunity to really research and refine recipes before making them in a public arena it feels it feels kind and uh it really affirms why I like Bake Off so much. I think <laughs> to contrast that with MasterChef Freya, we would probably get given a challenge maybe 10 minutes before the cook and we'd get like a toilet break. So you use your toilet break to think about what you're going to do and you can get back on set and you, you, you do the challenge. So that would be for like yeah. the MasterChef Australia mystery box kind of thing. Um and instead of wonderful comedians walking around, you've got people like Jocks on Frillo saying, uh, are you sure about that? And um, is it going to be perfect? And then they walk away and leave you, like, you know, wetting yourself a little bit. So that was um, our seven-month experience. <laughs> what has life been like for you since doing the show? Uh, have you felt like your life has completely transformed? Yeah, I do think my life is like really different now. So I took the year out of university because I was studying psychology because I knew I really wanted to write a book. Like I knew that straight away. Um, and I've got like a really amazing agent. So that we got like set up really quick. Um, and that like writing that book and doing that and seeing it now because I've like got the first copy of it is just like the best thing ever. I still can't quite believe that oh, I so wrote exciting. it because I'm just so obsessed with it. Like I flick through it and I'm like... No, no, this can't be mine. Yeah, I love it. Um, and the food festivals, I love doing demos there because people are so sweet. I did one at the weekend. And at the end of my demo, like, people queued up from the front to the back to, like, take pictures and, like, look through my book and things because I was demoing from that. And I just think it's something I just, like, never thought was going to, like, be a part of my life. Um, and, like, I wouldn't change it for anything. That is so good. You must have been really quick to get that book together. How long did it take? Mm. I've always wanted to write a cookbook, but I have no idea where to start. It's a bit of a daunting process. Yeah, I was, to be fair, I was really fast. I think I like signed the like deal maybe like end of December. I think I started it January and I shot the pictures for it mid-March or end of March. Um, so sort of like three months. Whoa. But I, I was sort of doing nothing else. I committed everything to that book. You know, like I would all hours of every day was like writing that um and it was really hard work like I think writing wow. that was like harder work than the prep for Bake Off um just because it was like so so much um, oh my gosh but I'm just I want to write the next one I'm like no bring on the next one. I loved it um I just love to sort of like be working oh, on awesome. and things so yeah really really good where can we get a copy of it? I love cookbooks. I have quite a few at home. Can we access it here in Australia across the ditch? I think so. So it's available in the US in the shops um, on the 27th of September. But it's sort of like people are like can pre-order it okay. now on like Amazon and Watson's and that kind of thing. If you just type in Freya Cox, it'll be there. Oh, my God. Amazing. <laughs> That's incredibly exciting, Freya. I know that we will definitely have the capacity to order from across the ditch, in Scotty's words. <laughs> um, with regards to the friends that you made on Bake Off, uh, I've noticed that you spend quite a bit of time with Lizzie. I'm wondering, like, do you guys live close to each other? How come we always see you on social media together? 
So I live in... I'm obsessed with Lizzie. I love her. Yeah, yeah, Lizzie's the best. So I live in Scarborough in Yorkshire and then Lizzie lives in Liverpool. So it's like the minimal two and a half hour drive, if not longer. But I just drive over there all the time. We are together all the time. We're always doing wacky things, (laughs) loads of videos. Um, Yeah, I just like didn't ever think I would like meet somebody like as good a friend as her on the show. Um, And that's probably one of the biggest ways it's changed my life is just like having such like a new person who's such like a huge part of my life um yeah but I'm like gonna be like spending a lot more time in Liverpool because she's just bought a new house and things so yeah it's really exciting oh cool I think that's one of the most amazing things in entering these competitions it's definitely like Elise and I with MasterChef finding your tribe finding people that are so obsessed with food and baking um, and cooking as you are it's hard to find friends like that in the real world and this show I think um, definitely MasterChef and it looks like Bake Off as well that you meet so many incredible like-minded people that you can connect with yeah yeah for sure we all always joke about that all like the bakers and say like nobody else is so interested about like cakes and food and things so it's really nice to kind of like bond over things and share advice now because we have a group chat from when we were on the show people still now put in like oh what's your advice with this or like what flavors would you put with this which i always think is like really sweet and i get messages from people all the time if they're doing anything anything sort of like vegan they're like oh what like could i have a bit of advice and we're always like so willing to share which i think is just so sweet Oh, that's so good. I'm going to be friends with all the Bake Off contestants, Scotty. (laughs) Yeah, can we we join that group group chat? chat? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, they're all really sweet. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So in terms of your book, what is your favourite recipe, do you think? Do you have something in particular Mm. that people can be looking out for as perhaps the first bake that they should try. Okay, so people say this, and I genuinely adore all the recipes, but on the cover I've got, like, a Black Forest Gatto. I'm, like, holding <laughs> it, and that chocolate cake, I'm convinced, like, it's just Ooh. the best chocolate cake ever. And it's just because I think vegan cakes can be done so wrong. I've had so many bad ones, and this is just, like, I'm sure it's better than any non-vegan chocolate cake I've ever had. I love it. So I really, like, I hope people try that because it's so easy. Um, And, no, like, my boyfriend doesn't like cake and he thinks it's, like, really great. Um, I don't think you can go that far wrong. But also these mint chocolate chip ice cream sandwiches that I made that are, like, one of the easiest things ever. And everyone on set were, like, just devouring these. They were like, I don't understand how this is vegan. These are so easy. So I definitely say people should try those. Um, but all of them, I just love every single recipe. Where do you get your inspiration from? Where do you come up with these recipes? Is it just trial and error or it must take a lot to get it right? Yeah, so I think with the my first book, it was, it was quite good. And I think this is another reason why I got it out so fast because there's not many vegan, like, um, baking things out there so I wanted to start back from like the classic things so all like of the normal things you'd expect mm. um, so I didn't need to start thinking too wacky and then a lot of things like the mint truck chip is like my favorite ice cream I just put in all of my favorite things that I think if I was going to bake these are all stuff <laughs> I'd want to do um, and then in the next books I think I'll probably start like getting more like creative and wacky with flavors but I just think there's not that many things out there at the moment that are really accessible with just like basic things um so yeah it was like a really good place to start you mentioned that you were studying psychology at uni has Bake Off changed this directory are you going to continue your studies and go into that sort of line of field or have you changed your mind are you going to follow food what's next yeah, I mean, so if I'm completely honest, I don't really want to go back to uni because I like psychology. My like passion <laughs> for a job was just never there, really. Um, I was just doing it because it is, you know, following the norm of going to uni and it seemed like it was the right thing at the time. Um, but right now I would just love to pursue this job if I could. Um, if the opportunity's there, I absolutely will. But I am, 
I'm like standing by the mindset of like do it until I can't do it anymore because I'm I'm like only 20 so I think I'd be crazy to be like oh no mm. I can't because in 10 years it might not be sustainable because well then at that point I'll go back to uni um yeah so I've got so many more things I really yeah. want to do first before I go back to that if I have to yeah do it like life is too short you've got mm-hmm. to do what you love and just follow that passion and that dream yeah for sure with um, psychology, surely there's some kind of intersection with food as well. There could be Ooh. something along the lines of, I don't know, feeding your soul. That I don't know. What what could it be? Have you have had a thought of how your interests could somehow merge? Mm. Yeah, I mean, I'm really into you know, like the whole self help books, like that kind of thing. Like you're saying about. All of that. So I do really love that because psychology, I think, applies to every aspect of life. I'm always saying it, you know, like I discuss about it all the time because I think the way we like as humans think is like really interesting because I think people are the way that people are so different makes no sense to me. Like, quite frankly, I don't understand why we all don't think the same. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I think that there will be. I just would quite like to not go back to uni to finish it. Um, but we'll see. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. No. Look, life is um, life is too short to to finish courses that you're not fully invested in. I'm going to put that out there because um, <laughs> you know you, you might end up like someone like I don't know me and think, "Geez, I spent ten years in libraries." But anyway, <laughs> um, <laughs> with um, what people are eating right now in the part of the world where you are. Freya, I'm in Melbourne. Mm. It's bloody cold. Like probably, look, today it was negative one and I suppose that's not cold in the spectrum of cold in terms of the world. <laughs> but where you are, I, I believe it is much warmer. And I want to know what's in trend at the moment and are you veganising mm. any particular sweets that are on trend? Yeah, we're actually in this mad heat wave where yesterday it was something like 38 degrees, which makes no sense. And nobody in the UK is managing this. Everyone is complaining left, right and centre, including us, to be fair. I couldn't sleep last night before. (laughs) Um, I mean, I'm not going to lie to you. So, you know, like when it's really hot, everybody's like, oh, it's too hot to eat. I could eat it every hour of every day. So I have no issue with that. Um, (laughs) But... Yeah, I think, I'm the same. Yeah, 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 for sure. The we were like making loads of iced coffees yesterday. Um, I think oat milk is like the biggest go-to. If you're not putting oat milk in your coffee now, what are you doing? Ooh, Come yes. on, we are. Yeah, moving forward. And then I think like another thing. I just genuinely eat <laughs> whatever weather because I just eat all the things that I love. Um, oh, I did make um, fudge the other day because I was like, oh, no one wants to be turned on the oven when it's boiling, Ooh. do they? Um, and you can get, I don't know if you can get it where you are, but you can get like vegan condensed milk, like the Carnation brand. Um, and that is like really, really ah. good and accessible. Yeah, I think we're quite... Is that like a coconut based one? It's actually, I think it's so- uh, oat or soya, maybe. Um, but ah. I think we're quite ahead in the UK, aren't we? I've not I think seen it. We've got loads and loads of things. We've got oat milk on billboards here in Melbourne. I can, I can confirm <laughs> we are we are putting oat milk in our coffees. <laughs> it's happening here. Oat milk is really good. Yeah, I'm loving it. I like to hear it. <laughs> well, it's cold here, so it's like pudding weather in Melbourne at the moment. It's warm and cozy mm. desserts. Um, most restaurants in Melbourne will probably have a Basque cheesecake on their dessert menu mm-hmm. and uh, apple tartatans are very much in fashion at the moment. They're having like a bit of a heyday. Mm-hmm. Um, is, is there anything that's like, like something that people line up for in the UK at the moment? Is there anything oh, that yeah. seems like, oh, my God, you have to go to X bakery or X restaurant because their rumba bar is out of the world? Like, is there, <laughs> something, is there something like that going on at all in this heat wave? So one thing that I will say, so I live in Scarborough, which like is like a little seaside town on the complete edge of the UK that has nothing. Basically, the bottom line is when I go from Scarborough to Liverpool, oh, wow. I'm in Liverpool and I'm like, why have we not got this in Scarborough? Um, so if there is these things that people are queuing up for, they're like, <laughs> Scarborough doesn't have it. I think, oh, do you know what? People are on the... <laughs> 
on this mad like matcha phase, aren't they? I don't know if they are where you are. You know, like the green uh, tea powder um, in like drinks and things, which I actually yes. think, quite frankly, I think is vile. Um, but yeah, <laughs> I'm just not one to be following the trends. I'm just there like eating my like uh, spaghetti bolognese in like 30 degree heat because I just don't care. <laughs> yeah. I noticed that you and Lizzie did a little bit of a, almost like a DIY technical challenge at home where you opened up a book by Elizabeth David and followed some of her recipes that didn't have any photographs. Um, And there were instructions like, just add some sugar and you were like, well, how much, Elizabeth? Um, Is there (laughs) a, I, I would love to know if, you could potentially assign Scotty and I a technical challenge of a similar Ooh. vein. <laughs> mm. Okay. So, like, as in just any form yeah. of recipe? Yeah, send us a doozy. Mm. <laughs> okay, I'm not familiar with that word. Mm. What does that one mean? Oh. <laughs> ah. <laughs> send us send us something that you think is ridiculous, I think. Like, I don't know. You you and Lizzie made the walnut sandwiches, for example. And they sounded weird. They sounded oh. they sounded like a doozy, to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> they were rough. They were bad. Honestly. I wanted to cry. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, no. Are you someone who will read a recipe even if there is no image and give it an opportunity? Um, I, I'm, I really do love a picture. Um, I kind of, I'm not going to lie, I'm not massively one to follow a recipe. I love to just stray off and start doing my own thing. Um, I made like a focaccia the other day and I decided mm. to like prove it overnight in the fridge, which was like nothing relevant to the recipe at all. And I think it turned out so, so good. Um, so no, I really do like to wing it. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, just like go with the flow. Cause I, I do like, the same thing. Yeah, it's going to be fine, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, you've got to have fun with it and experiment. I think people get a little bit terrified of sticking to the recipe and doing exactly what it says and food's much more fun and you you can make it suit your tastes and you know what you like yeah yeah and I, I completely agree because I think that was another thing with Bake Off we're like really subjective as people what we like don't we um and even things that like Paul and Prue think are the best mm. I like think are awful so <laughs> yes <laughs> I think it's always hard with those cooking competitions. You go through that process of like second guessing and wondering what the judges are going to like and whether that's what you like and you're trying to second guess yourself. Um, It's always very hard, those competitions, I think. Yeah, yeah, no, I completely agree. I think like you can't do anything but like stand by like what you believe is right because then at that point, if they don't like it, you know that you do. Because I was a bit like that. If they didn't ever really like things, I thought, well, I think it tastes lush, so I don't mind. (laughs) Is there anything that you made during your rehearsals or practice for Bake Off that you didn't get to make uh, on the show Mm. that you love to cook otherwise and maybe will be in the book? Yeah, so I made on the free from week the um, showstopper challenge is probably my favourite because I made a gluten-free um, lemon and passion fruit cake with like a rum drizzle that was like so, so nice. That is in my book. Oh, yeah. uh, well, kind of like a slightly different recipe, but inspired by that. And I did, I love to pipe and decorate. Um, and I did loads of like pipe flowers the whole way around, which I have sort of like, there's a beautiful picture in the book of like all the piping. So that's one of my favourites. Um, yeah, it was like really special cake. That sounds really good. I loved Lizzie's cake that she made with all the different colours. It was like a carpeted cake. It looks so beautiful. And I was like, she's going to win Star Baker. And then they're like, Lizzie, you're going home. I'm like, what? Yeah, that was a really I was so thing. confused. Yeah. Spoiler, spoiler for people that haven't watched. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. we'll, we'll have to put a little caveat at the start of the podcast. If you yes. haven't finished watching the season, Scotty blows it. No, I'm kidding. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Were there moments where you got to eat other contestants' bakes and you thought, oh, mine was better than theirs? Or how did they, how did <laughs> they get Star Baker? Was there anything like that at all? 
Well, other people did. I didn't really anything people made because nobody made anything even slightly vegan, to be honest. So, but everyone else was oh, vegan. Yes. Um, but yeah, everybody yeah, there was you like, go. I think somebody used like 30 eggs in one cake and I was like, yeah, it's not vegan at all. <laughs> Thank you so much, Freya. Um, we absolutely adore you. We think that you're an absolute legend and uh, we can't wait to hear your voice um, via your book um, when we do get our mm. hands on copies. Um, congratulations for all that you have achieved during and since Bake Off. Um, it's a testament to your work ethic to have gotten a cookbook done so fast. Um, it sounds like it was such a, a I suppose, a passion project but also something that you you had to be in your bonnet just to get done for for a bigger cause as well um so thank you so much for making something that i'm sure so many people around the world will enjoy yeah no thank you so much for having me on and i'm really proud of it and i hope people do really love it yeah <laughs> Amazing. Thank you. It's been an absolute delight to talk to you. You're incredible. And I can't wait to get your cookbook and um, see what's next. We'll talk to you yeah. soon. Yeah, see you soon. Thanks. Bye. Scotty, I can't believe you made the milk buns. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I just whipped them up. Of course you did. It's called. They look so I, good. I like to use Mel's phrase from this season of MasterChef, male person, um, procrastinating, it's become the thing that I just oh. do. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's when I should be doing work <laughs> and I find an excuse to bake. And this was the perfect excuse to bake. And I'm so glad I did because these milk buns, like look at this, it's like this chocolate Nutella filling. But the texture oh my God. of this milk bun is divine. Like it's almost like a bit of a brioche, like it's really soft and fluffy. And have you heard of this term? I have never come across it. And I've baked a fair bit of bread in my time and I had to Google what it was. Tang Zong. T-A-N-G-Z-H-O-N-G. Tang Zong. No idea. Um, yeah, this recipe uses this Tang Zong and you basically create a roux. So flour and water, it's 40 grams of flour, 200 mils of water, and you cook it until it comes to the boil um, and it has this consistency of like curd. And this is from Freya's recipe. Um, and then you use that, you fold that into the dough and it creates this beautiful soft texture. Um, I've never come across it before, but I wonder, I have never been really good at doing a brioche bread. Uh, I can never get the texture of what you would normally get. And I wonder whether brioche bread uses this technique. It's very wow. interesting. I, I, look, I've I've never come across a brioche recipe that uses a technique that involves something like developing a roux. Yeah. That's, yeah. I'm going to keep an eye out now. I would but definitely it's really give clever. it a go. It's so clever. Um, I wish I'd asked Freya where she got the technique from, but I, I Googled it and, um, yeah, it's supposed to add, I'm just looking at Google now, quick and easy path for softer, tender rolls. You can use it for dinner rolls, sandwich loaves, cinnamon buns. It's an Asian wow. technique. Oh. Interesting. With the uh, milk buns, Scotty, Mm. What makes them different to a non-vegan milk bun? Um, well, you know what? You know what it's got in it? It's your favourite ingredient, which I have managed to buy. We spoke about this on our podcast this season. Coconut milk powder. Yeah. Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> the uh, more, more specifically, my preferred brand is Maggie. Yes, I can't find Maggie. I like yet. to have it in the pantry. I haven't found it uh -huh. yet. Oh, that's right. I have to. I've been thinking what I should post you. That's exactly what <laughs> yes. I should post you. Okay. All right. Excellent. the The Maggie brand is what like Sri Lankan nanas and mums use. Right. So that's that's my only reason for the preference. It's like a it's a family inherited preference. Mm. Um, the the quality of it is so good. Um, so coconut milk powder instead of milk powder. Coconut milk powder. Um, that's really ah uh, the soy milk, soy milk. Mm -hmm. Um, vegan butter. 
-hmm. And then sugar, yeast, flour. And then the chocolate mm -hmm. hazelnut filling is just um, you make a hazelnut like butter, blitz the hazelnuts. Um, I roasted mine so they get a little bit of a roasted flavor. And then 70% mm -hmm. dark chocolate, golden syrup, vanilla, um, a little bit of salt. Um, oh, and a bit of coffee powder, which I love. Just made that like mm. Nutella butter even better with that coffee flavor. Yes. Mm. Coffee can really enhance chocolate in a non so good. like obtrusive way. Yeah. Like it might not be at the forefront of your palate, but it's there to accentuate the bitterness of the chocolate in a really nice humble way. I'm so jealous of your snack. It I'm just so watching good. you munch and I'm look, look at I the color. Look at the color. It's just it's beautiful. so warm. I love that Freya has written a book dedicated to vegan baking with mm. recipes like this that aren't just, you know, mix coconut with dates and almonds and make a cookie crust mm. for some avocado mixed with cacao. You know, that's that's yeah. what you expect from a vegan dessert. It's probably what a lot of vegan desserts might be associated with, you know, those raw vegan, you know, mm. very healthy, healthy treats. Mm -hmm. I, I think that, you know, those oxytocin-releasing foods that are a bit more decadent, you know, definitely deserve to be veganized. Mm. Everyone deserves a delicious milk bun like what you're having. Oh, yeah. Like me. I should post you some. <laughs> I deserve it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. Oh, my God. Oh, <laughs> um, so um, I guess Scotty, that's my show, to... and tell. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Even though, like, this is oh, like gosh. a bonus uh, well, episode, I don't think we're really following the format. But, you know, what have you got for show and tell? Yeah. Um, <laughs> I have a friend that writes vegan cookbooks here mm. in Melbourne. Mm -hmm. So originally she is from New Zealand. She's a lady mm. that has travelled the world. Her name is Jess Prescott. Mm -hmm. If you follow her on Instagram, you'll see a lot of her beautiful vegan cooking um, up on, on Instagram. She's also a three-time cookbook author. She is looking forward to her fourth book coming out soon. Um, but her books have a mixture of both sweet and savoury. Mm -hmm. They're not just about vegan baking, um, although if you do flick towards the back of her books, I've got vegan goodness in front of me now, you'll find um, some delicious sweet recipes like blueberry and chia jam. Ooh, yum. Oh, yum. Um, I'm not sure if it's in this book, Vegan Goodness, or if it's in Vegas Goodness Feast, but one of these books has a cake called Holy Shit Cake. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> um, so we go from the chia jam to that escalated experience <laughs> of Holy Shit Cake. Um, cardamom and apple rose cakes. Oh, yum. Yes. Yeah, uh, and they are a beautiful, like, tart-like cake with, uh, I suppose, rose-shaped uh, petals of apple. Mm, yum. Petals of apple, yeah. Um, a fig and walnut crumble cake, Persian love cake veganized, mm -hmm. a coconut maple tiramisu. Mm, yum. Chocolate pudding with rum caramel and pears poached in a blueberry syrup. Mm. Yeah. So we have a nice little local suggestion if you're listening and you're mm. looking for more vegan options. You know, vegan cookbooks aren't just for vegans. I get excited about them. I'm excited to have Freya's in my hot little hands. Mm -hmm. um, why do you reckon that is? Why, why do people who aren't vegan want vegan cookbooks? I, I feel like we're just probably – more cookbook obsessed a niche. than other people. Oh, yeah. Okay, we're a niche pocket. We're, we're a niche part of the whole we're market. A niche part of the market. But I think, um, mm. yeah, no, I think we're probably, <laughs> I think we're probably weird. Yeah, nah. I, look, for me, it's, it's definitely the weird factor, but also I like using a range of ingredients. And there could be a little bit of repetition 
amongst other books maybe yeah. where it's a similar format and uh you know there's a whole world of flavor that's not necessarily accessed um you know the vegan creativity um can be quite inspiring like there are nuts and seeds used in so many different ways um the versatility of ingredients is appreciated by those who you know, can't use what is the predictable option. Yeah. And, you know, I think it is good to strive to have more of a vegan diet. And so I'm excited to, uh, I think one of the things that Freya says is, you know, her recipes, she strives to create dishes that don't, you can't tell that it's vegan. Like it's so delicious and mm. you have no idea. If you didn't know or weren't told that it was vegan, you wouldn't know. Um, and so mm. I think that's great. Like, why wouldn't you go down that path as a vegan alternative if you're not losing out on anything? If it's equally as yummy, um, or even more yummy and it's vegan, how good is that? I think sometimes people have a bit of a negative reaction to vegan. And, you know, there are some bad options out there for vegan products and recipes. And um, I've had quite a few not great ones. So I'm excited that there is someone out there that's developing recipes that are delicious. Yes, me too. I'm very <laughs> excited. It's, you know, it's it's a part of the narrative of being against intensive animal ag you know, intensive animal agriculture. Mm. You know, intensive animal husbandry is not great for the environment. Um and what can we do to be doing things for the environment? that are a little bit more progressive, well, we can we can eat better quality meat less, less often if we still want mm -hmm. to consume animal products um, and opt for, you know, plant-based recipes that are more friendly. There are situations where non-organic farming can be very, very detrimental to absolutely strip um, the biodiversity of, of soil mm. um, by, you know, via non-organic Almond farming, for example. Yes. Um, the world of food is so complicated, isn't it? It's all about balance. It's about balance. And, mm. yeah, there's there's quite often the alternative option sometimes isn't the best option, um, but it's about getting that balance right, isn't it? And just enjoying your life. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, anyway, so thank you so much for listening to our podcast uh, Baker's Dozen special episode <laughs> yes. of Cream Eggs and Jam. Um, Scotty and I will be going on a little podcast break at the moment and we'll be back. A new podcast will be better than ever uh, later on in the year. And in the meantime, please send us your feedback if you want to hear more of certain content. Um, if you want us to explore particular topics, let us know what you want to hear about. Um, and if Freya does send us a technical challenge, Ooh, yeah. uh, particularly if it's that delicious custard slice that she was mentioning, um, we will be on Instagram sharing the results of said challenge. Oh, I'm definitely making that. <laughs> she had me at custard. <laughs> Thank of course, you. it would be the password to your laptop, I'm sure. <laughs> Don't tell everyone <laughs> Is that. Is there a magic word? <laughs> oh. <laughs> Thank you for listening, everybody, and um, send us your thoughts for Season 2 of Cream, Eggs and Jam. Elise and I will be busily coming up with a plan for Season 2, and we would love to integrate all of your feedback and ideas. So please get in touch with us, and we'll talk to you soon. Bye. Bye. You've been listening to Cream, Eggs and Jam. I'm Elise Pulbrook and you can find me on Instagram at Elise underscore food person. And I'm Scott Bagnall and you can find me on Instagram at SS Bagnall. If you'd like to send us your show and tell, you can email us scottyandelise at gmail.com. Or if you'd like the visual experience of this podcast, you can find us on YouTube at Cream, Eggs and Jam. Have a great day. Happy baking!